Hello, 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 everybody. It is your girl once again. Joy has questions coming to you from another beautiful day in Chicago. Someone definitely just turned on that light switch and said, oh, bitch, it is fall. So I've got to pull out all my jackets and sweaters, but we are going to keep it moving. I hope everyone is having a bomb time wherever you are. Um, I have the amazing Apollo Mighty. Not amazing. Yes. <laughs> I am so excited. Like. I remember when I saw him and my boy Sean uh, Ali at his event for Trap House Chicago, and I was like, who is this? I got all these aunties running up to the stage. What is going on right now? I, I told Sean, I was like, I want to interview him. He seemed like he got home training and his teeth are straight and looked like he, he cares about his life. So I am super excited to have you here. Shout out Trap House. Thank yes, you so yes. much for having me here. Yay. When you emailed me, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. amazing. Thank you. I super appreciate that. We got to help each other. Yes, so I am going to definitely get started with my typical You Better Know. And this week I am featuring the amazing, iconic Fannie Lou Hamer. This woman is one of my all-time faves. So based upon all the political slayage that has been happening in these last couple of weeks, mm. I'm talking about treating the elections this upcoming year like March Madness. Like I have... <laughs> The map ready. Got I'm you. like, what is going blue? What is going red? Um, we had Andrew Gillum fucking it up in Florida. We had Ayanna Presley in Massachusetts who literally dethroned like the tenure incumbent who wasn't doing nothing. So basically, when I always say equality over equity, I don't give a fuck. You can give me all the credits and put my name on the same level. Where's the cash, De Niro? Mm -hmm. Where is the actual change? Mm -hmm. So... Based on all of this, I definitely wanted to give a head nod to the ancestors, which was Mama Fannie Lou Hamer, who was one of the most influential leaders for championing black voting rights, especially in her home state of Mississippi. She was born October 6, 1917. She was the last of 20 kids. 20. Like, I read that. I was like, let me go get some more facts and make sure that was not a typo. Yes, so. y'all, 20. Um, she even said her earliest experiences with racism, being a part of a large family, was when half of their herd was poisoned. They suspected that it was due to their growing success as farmers. And what that did was imprint on Hamer the lesson that in Mississippi, white people never like to see Negroes get a little success. All of this stuff is no secret in the state of Mississippi. So even her earliest memories of just like, oh, hell no. Nah. Mm -hmm. Like, we have got to fight for what we know. This was a woman who picked cotton with her family while still excelling in school where she loved reading and spelling bees and poetry. But by age 12, she had to leave to help support her aging parents. And by 13, she could pick 200 to 300 pounds of cotton a day. Why is a child picking a full-grown man <laughs> Mm -mm. every goddamn day. So when we talk about the fact that there are two Americas or two existences, ain't no white kid. What Ooh. child out here picking anything? These kids riding over not getting the right Nintendo game or not getting the right Sweet 16 party. Picking my order online. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> what? So as she got older, she became known for the way she would connect Bible verses with the struggle for equality. And this actually served to become something that was her signature later on in life. Mm -hmm. 
this is how she got started in the civil rights movement, y'all. It was so gangster. So she basically heard the leaders and the local movement that would speak at annual regional council for Negro leadership meet conferences in um, Mound Bayou, Mississippi. So she went to one of those in 1962, and then she learned that there was going to be volunteers at the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee who had visited. So she was like, ooh, I definitely want to help. She traveled with them to another, basically, like, suburb of Mississippi, hoping to register. But the registration test was crafted with, as we all know, different ways to keep black people from voting. So they asked her to explain de facto laws. Now, I tried to find the definition on what the fuck a de facto law even is. And the answer even sounded like bullshit. It was like, it's a phrase used to characterize an officer government or state of affairs, which exists, which exists actually and must be accepted for all practical purposes, but which is illegitimate or illegal. You lost what? Such a long time ago. I don't like that. Don't, like that's you like saying I need you to philosophize <laughs> and hypothesize on the synchronization of law. What? And, 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 that don't even sound like there nothing. Are that who even are in makes law sense. school, I'm sure, don't know what the hell that is. That literally are like, well, this is why it took me two times to pass the bar. So, the point is, even with her doing that. Her foreman found out, found out, kicked mm. her off the plantation. She was forced to hide at various friends' homes for over three days. Mm. During that course of time, she got shot at 16 times. Her family had to leave the county for over three months. And when she came back, she instantly went back to the courthouse. And this is why she is one of my favorite fucking people. Not only took the literacy test again, and even though she failed it again, she told the register, you will see me every 30 days till I pass. <laughs> Come on, Mama Hamer. She was not fucking playing. Right. So she passed on her third time. Long story short, which definitely I have talked about her because like she is one of my faves upon faves. She was the co-founder and vice chair of the Freedom Democratic Party. She represented the 1964 Democratic National Committee. She organized Mississippi's Freedom Summer. She also worked with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And she was the co-founder of the National Women's Political Caucus. She spent her whole life to encouraging blacks in Mississippi or blacks to know their worth, to fight for their right to vote and to let their voices be heard. Mm -hmm. So even though she died in 1917 or 1977, the day before my birthday, Pisces gang, go hard at 59. (laughs) What I loved about her is that there was a resiliency and a spirit. And even though she once was quoted as saying, maybe if I'd have had sense. I should have been scared, but you cannot think about that when it comes to changing your stars. So I don't want to hear the bullshit about Trump's America and all this other stuff. If you don't get your worthless ass up and start getting involved. Well, not worthless. If you don't get your distant ass up. Oh, I say worth. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You know, like when you're looking at that cousin, like if you don't get your ass up through these dishes. But like, you know that you come from something bigger than you. There's too you many people know. going through shit. And and you not and nobody, even if you're not like I know what she probably meant. She probably meant like if I had been more educated, if I had been more quote unquote book smart by white people's standards. Right. This would have been something I'd have been like, getting shot at, maybe I need to sit maybe down. Maybe she just sit down and just like accept this. But fuck all that. And I'll say this. I'm from Tennessee. I grew up in Memphis. Oh, okay. All of my family, a lot of my mother's side of the family originated from Mississippi. And the fact that she did that 
it's a not an easy thing because I have family members now who shiver at the idea of white people coming into their business at all. Right. And we all were in 2018. It's a it's like an ingrained kind of mentality that is put into black women, especially black women. Oh hell yeah. That makes them always feel like slaves and always feel subordinate and always feel like less than. Or it just makes you so hypersensitive to your environment, who you're around. What exactly. am I about to say to this exactly. person? Do they got a gun? Like whatever. But that makes me feel like that just that makes me think like is there something that is inherently put into our system now that keeps us from going beyond even what we know we can do? I definitely. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we can even get into the science of it, right? But even when I'm looking at the fact that the trauma or we suffer from even genetically having PTSD from our slave history. So that's something that's inherently put within us, which is also why sometimes like it's, we have higher rates of post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. and anxiety disorders. And just then you couple that with the fact that that. exactly depression, no way to treat it because we also have been taught not to believe in any form of, Therapy, exactly dealing with your trauma. Just pray it away. Oh, gee, <laughs> like and that's, <laughs> that's the and that's a really big oh thing, right? People always say. I'm a guest on your show. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not trying to like talk too much, but like, no, oh my I god, want you. <laughs> like that that could be Ugh. a show for me in itself. But that is the type of thing that when I say like, there is no excuse, especially when we have modern day people who are feeling empowered. That was even one of the things that President Obama rode off into the sunset. And I've had my criticisms of him just as much as I have also loved him. Right. That is my right as a citizen. Mm -hmm. Uncle Barry did some things and didn't do some things that I was like, nope. But what I will say is this. He said that I want this next generation to be way more active in political service. And that is what I am seeing. There are a ton of young people who are getting involved and trying to change the stars and change the destiny and really be there to help us, Mm -hmm. but also to serve as citizens. So at the end of the day, it is women like Fannie Lou Hamer that helped keep that momentum going and help put that like fire into us. Mm -hmm. But that being said, hope everyone got their little dose of yes, black <laughs> magic. Um, I'm just going to move right. I know Aretha and all of them was in heaven. Like, look at these clowns. I know they were sitting there with the popcorn. Like, do you see this? <laughs> I, okay. So in terms of, so according to IG, I'm just going to start here because there's September 8th was just a bad day for everybody. Friday was just a mess. A whole ass mess. I think Chris Brown summed it up best when his video came out. He was like, what the fuck is going on? you know on? it's something when Chris Brown is summing when up. When Chris Brown <laughs> up things. gets I, to do the summary. Love me some Chris Brown, first off. Let me just say that. I mean, he's he's my always problematic fave. But, I mean, <laughs> but, but it is what it ours. is. He's ours. He's us. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember when he was singing in that goddamn Double Mint commercial. You better... You had it, Chris. You had it. You were right there getting them white people. The big money. ass white teeth just smiling okay. at us. The jo- everyone forgets he was doing like duets with like pop girls. Okay, like no okay. air. I do not mean to segue, but I was literally having a conversation with somebody about this a little while ago, and it was it was made to believe that Chris Brown was like the he he turned and changed and he was like all of these bad things and i was like bro he was so young when that happened he didn't know sh- he didn't know anything about 
what it could have been. You know what I mean? He was young, making money in Hollywood. He was a surrounded and isolated from all of his, you know. He also did have kind of enablers around him. And he still probably does. And, and, and the thing that I hate the most is that our community is the first thing that tears him down. After that stuff that happened to him, you know, you know, it was all over CNN and all this other stuff, blah, 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 blah. But until they told us again that it was okay to accept him, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have. My really thing was this. Off. It's the same way they did Bobby. And I just. Let me tell you. I'm, I was going to bring up that damn story too. I was I'm, sitting there like, did he? Re- okay, so he had Project Twins. What is going on? Like, I was so confused watching that BET special. But let's just even first start off with um, Onika Mirage. And Bel Calise Almazar. I'm going government. You, like, better, you better pronounce like, those names. I'm going government. You better pronounce those names. So, <laughs> I grew up, I don't know where you grew up in, in Memphis, but everyone who knows who's been following. Orange Mound. Thank hey. you very much. Everyone stand up. <laughs> I don't know. So, the thing is with me, I grew up, um, whenever I'm trying to be politically correct, I grew up in an urban setting. Fuck that. I grew up in the hood. Okay. okay. So, I was always raised. If you're going to talk about these hands, if somebody says on site or if someone says when I catch you or next time I see you or it's on one, like whatever your neighborhood phrase is, you better be prepping, doing them little rocky steps with the song playing in the back of your head, whatever you got to do to get ready. Because if it's really that big of a problem with somebody, then on site means just that. So I think the thing is, I saw a lot of commentary because I'm also the type of person I like to sit back and actually evaluate an entire situation. Mm-hmm. So I saw the entire commentary in terms of how people were saying Cardi B's being ghetto, Cardi B's being a hood rat, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj handled herself classy. I also saw the other end of things that they were like, Nicki, you know, talk all that shit, do all that shit, and then she like stood behind security. And it didn't help the, her case that when Cardi was like, come here, <laughs> she goes, I'm standing right here. We know you are. Because you don't want that arrogant taillights from getting ripped off your head. Um, what When you originally saw it, and I know, like, <laughs> ain't nobody been combing through, like, to, at a fevered pitch of what's the next, <laughs> you know, update. I could care less at this mm-hmm. point. But when you saw it, did you hit it with a, oh, niggas? Or was it just like, Nikki had this coming? <laughs> um. Okay, I'll, I'll preface this with this. I honestly do my best not to form opinions about things that no one will ever really ask me about. Mm-hmm. I, I I care about what black women think about this, and I care about what other female rappers think about this because I mean, that's what that's the realm of it, right? Um, but as a again removing myself completely from it, I wasn't a surprised because Cardi to me stays true to who she is. And I was not surprised by Nikki because throughout all of this, throughout all of me knowing Nikki from Monster on to here, Nikki stays true to who she is. And Nikki knows that she's at a level that she does not have to act like that or shouldn't act like that. And I think that's, I think it's okay for everybody to feel how how they're going to feel about it. Mm -hmm. What, what, What comes into play then is like your actions. I mean, and that's it. 
I mean, I love Cardi's story. I think America loves anybody's like the backstory, underdog. the underdog thing. You came from stripping, and you know you was even proud to be a stripper when you was a stripper, and then you was proud to be an artist when you were an artist, and now you're doing great things. Do great things. Now, I just want to know, like, are you okay with how this is being, how you're being betrayed right now? Oh, she walked out with that knot of pride. <laughs> like, well, and if, and that's all I'm gonna say. If you if you're happy, baby, I'm happy. Right. But. I'm just looking like I try to even especially with me being so young in my career and then like starting out, I look at the bigger picture and I try mm-hmm. to look down the line and I'm like, okay, 10, 15, 20 years from now, what do you want people to be saying? And are and do I and are you on a trajectory to where you are evolving not only as an artist but as a person? Right. I feel like a lot of Cardi's humanity is being taken from her, which isn't fair. I think um, you hit it on the head. So everyone knows I love Cat Williams. But he made that excellent point in one of his stand-up comedies where he was talking about um, this lion who had mauled somebody. And he Mm. was like, you put this real-ass lion, fake-ass habitat. He was like, again, real-ass lion, fake-ass habitat. And I'm supposed to know that this... Right. (laughs) I'm supposed to know... That this rock ain't really a speaker system. Okay. And everyone cracked up laughing, but I think that's the it's thing. It's a true ass thing. Cardi is amazing as an artist. She is amazing, you know, as that, you know, underdog story. As a person, the, I think she's Right, amazing. as a person. And I respect anyone who is true to themselves and their authenticity, no mm-hmm. matter where or who they are dealing with. The problem with Cardi B is she has not learned. Or I don't think that it is possible for her at this space because I don't think she wants it to understand like the PR that is necessarily needed in Hollywood. And I'm not even saying that as a bad thing Mm -hmm. because my thing is this. She's going stir crazy because a lot of things that are, and we're industry people, like it's the fact, like a lot of things that are done are intentionally done to be backbiting. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of, and this is something that even now has started to snowball and what Nicki Minaj is associated with. The fact of like how she comes off as an artist who mm. throws rocks, hides her hands. And so when you know that about the industry, dealing with someone like Cardi B, that is infuriating times 30. Because then it's like she has to stay quiet on certain situations when if this would have been just a situation at Sue's Rendezvous... She have just walked into the back like players club with the girl's ass and then went got on stage yeah. and it had yeah. been done with. And she'd have been like, now you know the next time you say some shit, don't play with me. What will happen? Yeah. I'm not the one nor the two. So I don't look at it as a sense of when people were like, Oh, this is just these black women and it's disrespectful. I think of this. Everyone has a breaking point. Mm-hmm. Everyone has mm-hmm. a breaking point. And when people and apparently the backstory is like Oh, somebody said something about uh, her kid. Who, and you know, she even said... There's backstories behind every goddamn thing. My thing know? is this. Whatever her breaking point was, she reached it that day, and that she almost reached Nikki's head. So I... And let's keep it real. Patty and Ariza got into physical altercations. Beyonce, Jay-Z, and Solange. She clocked the mess out of hope a couple of times. America was built on war. Right. People, people fight. People fight. This is what it is. And we're built on sensationalism. Yes. This story going to play and play and play and play. And Nicki Minaj is going to get on that little, you know. And we're going to have to hear about how she left, how Cardi left with that knot on her head Hold for up, the rest. Hold on, let me see if I can do it. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can do it. That's what you wanted to do to me? Mm-hmm. 
Because I came in ball gowns? Because I came ready and you you had nothing? I'm the queen. Like, okay? I'm and you a are real the queen, bitch. Nikki. You, are, you know what? You know what? Let me tell you something, though. Let me tell you something. Because I'll never take shit away from Nicki Minaj. Because Homegirl still got me like rapping lyrics that I know I shouldn't be trying to rap. But the, the whole thing is this. A, I think the problem is that our expectations of people is not realistic. Oh, because Cardi now is rich and is wearing, is wearing like designer stuff and winning awards and stuff. So now she, she can't. She told be, y'all. I don't give a fuck never that I don't stopped. live in the Bronx. She has never stopped. I am Bronx. Okay, and she's gonna be. Okay. Like, and that's how stopped. she handles things. And that's how she handles things if she wants to handle those things. It's not like People she went like, home and Offset was like, I can't believe you did this. He was just like, You an, good? That's another thing. Okay. You talk about her, her boiling point. You don't know. We don't know where her bo- her boiling point might have been. Like being pregnant, having all these rumors about so and so, so and so, being called out by the the top artist who you've never really disrespected, but who has a problem with you. Like all these things, like, all these hormones and stuff, and then all somebody had to do was like a something. That's where I. I mean, my whole thing is about. I never try to tell people good, bad, right, wrong. Mm-hmm. It's healthy and unhealthy. If somebody can can push your button with a push of a button, literally with a double tap, that's the only thing I would encourage you to, to think evaluate. About. Because people are gonna be pushed, especially when you up there and you're doing your thing, people are gonna be pushing buttons at you all day. People was pushing buttons at Michael that was in his crew, in his family. Jermaine didn't like that man. Can we Okay. Let's get into so, that. His gonna, own sister called him a pedophile, and okay, he forgave her. Okay. That bitch would have never cut a turkey with me nah, ever t- again in life. She wouldn't even bitch, be allowed I'm the in the you here state. Eating. I'm, you're eating off of me. Like your third chin is because of my residuals. So you got, got the nerve. And it's gonna. And the thing is, that if you want to be great in this industry, if you want to be great in this world. Even if you just be, if you want to be a great teacher in a in a, an unknown school in Mississippi, you gonna to have to be okay with people talking shit about you. Exactly. And take it as a badge of honor. Deal with it in therapy if you need to, but don't let these niggas see you come out your motherfucking pants. I'm sorry, can I cuss on this one? Oh yeah. Don't let these niggas come let right. you see see you come out your pants for a comment. Because that's me. Now every female artist who wants to get a little shine can come at you. I remember so I, I forgot what it was it was like maybe right after I made my first year anniversary of doing Joy Has Questions and I was just still trying to figure it out and just doing the videos and like it was just a wave of I don't even remember what the video was on but <laughs> my cousin was every day like they're, they're talking me off the ledge because it just took so much out of me mm-hmm. because people would say like disparaging things or it's like I would voice my opinion and someone would be like uh die bitch or just like crazy yeah. shit and I really had to I took a six month hiatus off my fucking like platform and did not care I lost like maybe 500 followers did not sure. give a damn and I had to do it because I really had to reevaluate is this something that I want to do and that's a very important point right? because there. when you open yourself up Physics is real in everything. Mm-hmm. Every action has an equal and or a more or opposite or a more powerful reaction. Mm-hmm. So if when we are making the choice to put ourselves in a public space, we are offering ourselves up for not only the accommodation, but also the criticism and mm-hmm. the critique. Exactly. And so that is when I had to take a step back and really be like, you know what? 
at least I'm doing. They're responding to seeing my effort, uh-huh. but they're sitting there as idle passerby. So at the end of the day, I have still accomplished something that is so rare in this world, and that's speaking your truth or finding your truth, even when other people don't like it. Because mm-hmm. half the time, they're more so upset with what you represent that they are not doing than they are actually with you. And that's what I look at this situation. I truly feel that Nicki Minaj, it does not matter that she's worth $75 million and Cardi B is worth eight. It does not matter that she has, you know, all these accolades and Grammy. Well, does she have Grammys? I think she does. Maybe one for Super Bass. And I, I didn't look that up. But period. She has all of these accolades and all these people that go ape shit for her. Mm-hmm. And I always will. I always she's will. She's insecure. And it shows. And the validation and the need to be number one because Beyonce even has moments where she's not number one. Ain't she what? Her first number one in like, what, five, six years? She does well, definitely, as bodies of work. But when they could say, like, yeah, single ladies was the last time she, I was like, wait, what? That was like 2012. But do you think she's bothered? Beyonce just rented a yacht with her husband that not only costs $1 million a week, but that you have to stick. I have to know the person that I'm still going to give a million dollars a day to. Like, it ain't just enough that I'm going to do it. Like, and you still have to like me to be like, "Mm, I don't know if I want your money. (laughs) What? And that's the level that she's on. And I'm, and I'm sure, let me tell you, let me just say this. I'm sure when Beyonce was five, six, seven, a teenager, somewhere practicing scales, that was not her goal to be at a place where somebody had to approve her money. Right. She was just trying to be her best self. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like what, we, what people miss is it's all good to want to have fame and want to have money. But if, if you start to go into that lane, into that area, your self-care has to go up 10 more notches. You have to really know who the fuck you are exactly. to be out here trying to be somebody in people's eyes. Because all you have is a bunch of, you have a billion fucking opinions about you now. And if you don't know who the fuck you are, anybody can make you into who they want you to be. Oh, definitely. Or and I be- feel like that's what's happening to my girls. Both of my girls. True. Because I'm telling you, Nikki could literally take off any, she ain't got to wear shit. She ain't never got to do shit for me. She could go out there. I remember what was that song she had with um with Yo Gotti? Uh, Rake It Up. No, the fir- the first one back in the day, Five Star Chick. Oh, I was when like, it was good like, Lord, not yeah, let's take it back when it was a That's white before the first album. When it was a white background and a little pink strip or something. And that lace listen, front was not laid. Nikki can stand anywhere anyway. doing anything and rap to me because Nikki can rap, and that's all I want you for. Right. The problem is that everybody else don't don't want that from you. Everybody else wants the gimmick and all that shit. Everyone wants the Taylor Swift approved. This like what? Like is that English? What is happening? I will not. I want uh, itty bitty piggy. I want slumber party remix. I won't. Super, oh, right. Got this super so yes. like Coca Cola and it's tighter Ay. than the Joker. Kind of smiling like, like the Joker. Got that na 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 na. her. Listen. That woman. Don't start Where rapping is that? in this. I think I'm going to kill the motherfucking DJ, okay? If you don't put that record on. Like, I want that. I'm going to listen to that on my way home. I'm Seriously. sorry. Let me just wait and cue this up on my Instagram And right that's now. the thing that just annoys me. It's like, and but it's also something that I think about when I think about my own success. Mm-hmm. Or when I look at, it's almost like that model. Like, that is not what I want. I do not want people around me. 
that's going to be feeding the bullshit. I want people around me at the same time that's going to be like, girl, have you lost your mind? We have bags to get. That's what I like about you Chance. Gotta- <laughs> you know, Chance goes his, like, he goes back to his barbecues. I, you know what? Chance proposed to hit in their in show. In somebody's backyard, okay? In his, it looked like they was like at the rich uncle backyard. You know where Pill That's, Hill is? Mm. Out east where all the doctors live off of Stony Island. Like, he looked like they was at one of them houses where Lisa Ray family used to live. You know, I think that's the thing. Like, you know, if you have a job and you go to your job mm-hmm. and then you come home, you can be who you, who you are. Exactly. Like, people who work at Walmart, they have to put that big ass, dumb ass smile on if they're good at Walmart. True. I've seen, I have some tales. <laughs> no shade, but y'all need to get your No, all the shade. Fuck the Walton family. Okay. No. Well, fuck y'all, man. Okay. <laughs> but they, when they, when they take their little ugly ass vest off and they go home and they have barbecues. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to go back to the, our barbecues. I think I'm just hungry, eh? <laughs> but, but for real though, I know y'all don't give a fuck about my opinion and you do not have, you don't ever have to. Oh, no, my, my, not fi- y'all. Oh, okay, but I'm talking about Nikki and Cardi. Y'all will probably never hear this, but if you do, Go to a barbecue, girl. <laughs> get you a hot get you a hot link. <laughs> just sit down and sit. You don't. You're not always <laughs> performing for us, because right. girl, we know you got issues and problems, and we know you're struggling with with all these type of things. This and we will always, always love you. You know what it is? This would not be a problem if your potato salad was trustworthy. You know what? And that's the problem. I can tell both of them were the girls that was like. <laughs> Who made this? No, nah, we no, nah, no. Nah, you know what? I'll say that about Nikki. I love you, girl, but I ain't. I ain't, you know, you bring to me. Nikki will but poison I you. Feel- <laughs> she gonna make food like uh, what's fine the girl who did? But God, but but Cardi, I'm eating Cardi food because Cardi half Hispanic and half black. Put a white boy on say song like when she. I was like, oh, she knows seasoning. Oh, she knows she, seasoning. She knows flavor. Oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 paprika. Let her make close. me an empanada, bitch. We Oof. are in business. Like, Speaking Spanish the whole time. And with she a, gonna have the crema, not not sour cream. We do crema. Like, you say those things <laughs> from the bodega up the street from her house. Okay. I feel like, girl, get your ass out of that fucking mansion and go back to the Bronx where them fucking brownstones is. You know she wants to so bad. She and, finna and be you in can a, tell she does. She's gonna be in a bubble coat and Tim's like we'll, ready. We will never, we'll never love you the way we we know we love you because we feel like we know you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't we'll know what the fuck it you. is with cobblestones and like all this other shit, but I know a motherfucker who's out here trying to get their life. Right. I know a motherfucker who's struggling. I know a motherfucker who's coming up because I don't know if they struggle, but they stay true to who they are. Like you gotta, you gotta stay there. That is, that's really true. And I, moving on into the next subject matter, which is <laughs> the eighth was just a September is already wearing me to fuck out, <laughs> and mm, it's just like season. it's it's the ninth, like. But even outside of that, um, I was watching. No, I was at work. I'll do that one first. I was at work when I found out that Mac Miller died, mm-hmm. and I have not been truly like wounded. I haven't felt that bad since like Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like, whoa, that's crazy. But my yeah. thing is this: like Mac Miller for me, kids, Kool Aid and frozen pizza. That's like. Those songs were definitely something when I was going through, like, a really difficult time in my life. And so that's what truly, like, I remember, like, 2010, you know, my college years and everything, just trying to, like, grind it out and figure it out and be hopeful. And I loved his music. And I mm. never looked at him as, like, oh, you're just one of these, like, white boys trying to take the... Co-. No. I never looked at him like a Macklemore. I looked at him... First off, I just came from Pittsburgh. 
it is nobody shiny city. Like it's it's blue collar and gritty as fuck. So that's why I was just like, I really felt like this was a boy that was just trying to make it, you know? So hearing about his death at 26, 26, like first off, I didn't even, I'm 29, but I'm like, so wait, we'd been in college or high school together, you know, but I'm like, that just was so heartbreaking, especially for him to have so, so much talent. But that's the thing. It's when you can't escape your demons, when you can't find that out, when you get lost in not knowing who you are, when you are battling depression and substance abuse and all this other stuff, like... And you feel alone. Right. That is the worst combination that you can have. And then now you've exacerbated it with fame. And it just... I saw a lot of people that were just like, oh, man, you know. Yeah, the internet went up. The internet went up, but what also, I saw, I forgot who it was that commented on it, but they were commenting from a space of just like, half of y'all could shut the fuck up because y'all, you know, tried to clown him low-key when he was trying to, like, put out music or y'all would compare him and say how he's not as good as he thinks he is. And they had even quoted, apparently they were like really close friends to him, and they had quoted something he said. He was like, man, look. He was like, I fuck around, die, and everybody's going to be like, they loved me. And he's uh-huh. like, they don't act that way to me now. And that's something that, if there's anything I looked at that story, it was just a matter of like, be kinder to people, as well as check on your strong friend. Yeah. I hate when people just go, oh, you're so strong, I don't know how you Ugh, do it. I don't I either. I- so I would appreciate a phone call, a text message, a well, smoke signal, something. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That kind of goes back to what I was saying, like self care, though, mm-hmm. because its bottom line is, I mean, I'm gonna be real transparent. I'm at a place now. I definitely feel isolated sometimes from mm-hmm. people. You know what I mean? And and we as people get the, get like that, you know. But if you're at a place where you know you might not have the strongest corner. You might not have the strongest this or the strongest that, and and and, and you know you're really hurting. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard, and I wish I wish there were more people who could talk about their struggle and encourage people to get out of that. But you really have to like check in with yourself, and go get somebody to talk to. Because otherwise, I've struggled with like substance abuses and 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 all that my for like most of my adult life mm. and it's a really hard struggle and like at my peak at my best I would be you would never know I could be smiling and singing my ass off somewhere and at home like completely completely falling the fuck apart yes, yes. and that's the thing why it's a it's a delicate balance because then it's the thing like he definitely seems like the type of he didn't come off like he had enablers or people that were just right. around him trying to like he didn't come off cocky or anything like oh, that. Oh no, very humble. not at all. And I remember it actually Sorry. dawned on me. No, you're fine. It actually dawned on me that I met him. Oh, like Drake had his first one of his first concert ever at the Chicago Theater, and I remember I was working at under my uncle. And I was sitting there filling out my employment because I had to like fill out, you know, my W-4s or whatever to help him out for that show. And Tiger was like over there just being annoying. But <laughs> Mac Miller or whatever, and I didn't realize it was him. He's like, yeah, I'm opening for him on the show. Like, I just like, we just said, fuck it. Me and my boys, like, we left school. We just going to like do this. And I was looking at him like, why are these white boys talking to me? Like, what? Uh-huh. I got to get my social security card. I don't know who the hell you are. And I realized it was him, but he just had like this happy go lucky spirit. Right. Yeah. And so fast forward, 
you know, and I clearly obviously didn't stay in contact. I didn't care who right. who he was. I was just there to work. But when you have a situation like that, it is that fine, delicate dance of like you still have to let someone know. But then also there's times of like you just don't feel like being a bother to your yeah. loved ones around. And that is the it's it's weird. It's like when do you say something? When do you not? Because then you don't want to feel like that person that is Labeled as like, oh, here she always got a story. Right, he always right, going through some right, shit. Right, right, right. Effie, we all got pain. Like you don't want to be that person. And yeah. it's it's weird sometimes to figure out. I think that's why it's just so important when you when you truly have that circle that sometimes can like pick up on it, or yeah. at least where you can have those cold words. I have moments where like and. <laughs> It's funny now when I look back when I was really going through something, I would make like my face. It was like my bat signal, but my Facebook status would be like sprinkles. The most arbitrary, didn't make sense. And it got to a point sometimes my friends would be like, oh my God, we're coming back to the dorm room. What's wrong? That's Where a are good you? idea. That's a really good idea. But that was my way of doing something for me to be but like. That means, uh, but you know, that means that you have to be in tune with yourself and know enough to know when to say sprinkles. Mm. That's the thing. I think a lot of us don't know when we get to the point where we need help. I mean, look at look at the lineage of people. We got our um, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. We have our Heath Ledgers. We have our what was the guy from um, Jake Jackson, the famous Jake Jackson? Oh, um, I could, uh, Pretty Eyes. He was on Rizzolian Isles. Yes. So we have he, all these people. I know who who and we we know inherently that we need we each other. Say. Yes, I guess. I don't know. No, I, I was going to get it. It was going to be nuts. <laughs> like, we, know inher- <clears throat> we know inherently that we need each other, and yet we allow ourselves to be numb to the fact of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and, it's, and it does take a sacrifice. It, does, it is uncomfortable to call somebody who, kn- who knows that they're struggling with something, and you, and you know they're struggling with something, and you're struggling with your thing, but that's your community. Right. And you need that. Um, I, I honestly like. I think I'm. I didn't really like know any much about his art. I think I was kind of um, influenced by his art just because of artists that I follow a lot played his last like, album. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as far as as far as being like in the addict community, I I can just only imagine how alone you must have felt to be. His album was really good. Mm-hmm. It was very well received. Am I wrong? No, he, and that's the thing, he always put out dope ass music. Put out complete, beautiful bodies of work that told a story. And he's working, so that means he's like, he's on tour. Exactly. He's having all these things, he's having success, he's having interviews, he's doing exactly what I'm doing right here, right now. And to still feel like you need to, you know, that's a scary thing. I'm sorry. That's a real scary thing. It is, and it, it definitely makes. It does lead for, like, uncomfortable conversations, but that's also what I want, you know, this platform to actually also serve as. Like, to have those uncomfortable conversations and the fact that, like, we do not have to be... Per- Our generation is now a generation of posers and lurkers. Yes, that's, what, that's we- what I was saying. That's why it's so scary to me, because we live in a generation and in a time where people equate success to happiness. But here you have people mm-hmm. who are super successful in their field who want to die. Or they they equate the monetary success. So you made it. you always on TV. But yeah, so for me, that is just um, something that is so important to have the tribe as well as to really keep focus on 
understanding yourself and those that those self help or you know those self care markers in the sense of like yeah when you feel yourself getting depleted being firm and speaking on that no I said we need to take a break yeah like, yeah when you talked about that earlier about the tour the show the song yeah because I took two years off okay you know I did a so I moved to Chicago when I was uh 2015 I moved here I think I put an EP out in 2016 and then I'm just now starting to pick it back up. Cause, child, it was just not okay. I moved from Memphis because I wasn't doing good, and I thought if I got up here, everything's gonna be cool and blah blah blah. Change the scenery. Yeah, I mean it helped, you know, for a little while, but then there's work. There's work to be done when you're trying to get to when you're trying to like deal with shit for real. Yeah, understood. But that's really sad though about about him, and I pray for his family, and I pray for his fans too. Family, fans, um, a lot of his friends, obviously, like G Easy has even talked about his own substance abuse problems. Oh, yeah. Um, so that too is something I was like, please get a prayer circle, just you know, to discuss these issues. Yep. Get a prayer um, circle. Get a therapy circle. Then after that, because we were just saying, because prayer can do a lot. Don't get me wrong, but if you're praying to be relieved from something and God keeps trying to show you to go take your ass to therapy, exactly. Please go to therapy. Like, do it now. Talkspace.com. What's Nike say? Just do it. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get Talkspace no free advertisement. I mean, that's fine. I, I haven't. I shout out my therapist, Love McPherson, like every other Yes, episode. I go to like, therapy every Monday and Wednesday. And it's amazing. It really is. Even when he pisses me off. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm going to let you hear this podcast so you know that you be pissing me the fuck off. <laughs> Like, I mean, ask you me about my dad. everything. I mean, be asking me about my daddy and shit. I'm like, yeah, I don't like that nigga, and so now what? <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I, I love my dad. <laughs> I would ass nigga. Be like, I mean, we okay this I mean, week. you know, I don't need shit from you. Right. <laughs> my bills are paid. Exactly. Um, but no. <laughs> I'm so petty. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I'm you, uh, I'm, you know, this is great. I love podcasts. Yay. I don't know if y'all have ever seen Joy, but she is beautiful. Go oh, go away! And this Thank is like this has been like <laughs> I am so happy that I'm here because like I listen to like podcasts get me through my week. Thanks. I listen to Oprah's and I listen to yours if now. If one more person says I have like masterclass and apparently super soul super like, soul conversations is what everyone be going to, and I'm just like, well, let me get let me on the something. good foot because she don't play. First off, it's Oprah. Oh, definitely. So she went from like and her giving, oration. It's like. Please read me Home the Bible. I just here. I want Oprah to really read the Bible. <laughs> Homegirl out here listen like interviewing spiritual leaders and singers and Oh wait, no, you gotta go back to the mic. There oh I'm sorry. Homegirls out here like interviewing like people I had never heard of <laughs> who literally have the keys. Next week I will be interviewing Gabriel and talking about why he blew his trumpet. Like a, what? Like I will be taking a private jet. <laughs> right. Up to heaven. To Christ's garden. Um, it's going to be marvelous. <laughs> exactly. So, no. Um, Your journey to a better you starts now. right now. Everybody's sitting there like, please help me. me. Her voice gives me hope. But no. So, th- those were the only like two main things that apparently the honorable mention was pr- there's some random rumor that Auntie Mary got into a fight with Faith Hip Evans. I don't know what the 90s girls are fighting. <laughs> I actually want the tea on that. I don't give a fuck about Nikki and Cardi. 
please tell me you know? that Mary did the fresh lettuce. You know like what? Like dance from Burger King. And you know King what's so crazy? Because both of those names, I wouldn't want to see either one of them. I mean, like, because like Faith Evans seems like one of them light-skinned girls who can beat your ass. But you know what? <laughs> she do. But Mary still got the, like, her signature scar. Oh, yeah. And this bitch be out here doing weights. Like, have you seen I her and Angela Bassett? <laughs> bitch, four one one. Right. <laughs> I'm just. I pictured a fight in an alley for some reason. I know y'all both were not fighting no alley, but like. I don't God. know why I envisioned this fight taking place, and like Mary got the asymmetric bob from what like. What the fuck could they even really be fighting about though? It can't be Stevie J. Like I know that ain't it. So please tell me what this is. Where did it start? I have to know. <laughs> like somebody, please. You know who's not going to play with you today? <laughs> raise your hand if you're not going to play with her today. <laughs> My hand is raised, y'all. Can y'all can't see me. Imagine. <laughs> like, Yo, if you don't get you your will. take that, take that ass the fuck out of my face. <laughs> we don't want him, <laughs> sis. You can have him. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. But Broken no. Hard again. Let me tell you something. Mary is like, I just got rid of a fuck nigga out of my life. I am not And I'm not to trying it. to pay his ass my fucking alimony. <laughs> You know what I found out the women had to pay alimony? Alimony. I found Salamadia. Alimony, it really shook my world to the core. I was like, I just, like, when I hear the word alimony, I just feel like that's some shit that men should have to pay. Um. Okay, so let's talk about that really quickly because I've always Sorry, wanted... Sorry, I was not trying to start a thing. No, no, no. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to speak. Marriage as an institution, I look at it from the Christian way, right? Which is the fact of like, oh, instituted by God. Man and a woman for say or hell I don't care man and woman woman and woman I don't give a fuck what your your life or or who you choose to love mm-hmm. so I'm like it's for two people who are getting married in front of their family and the government to say we are joining forces together right mm-hmm. but the structure of it to me has always been especially when it comes to cisgender relationships has always been structured like this father gives his daughter away you know it's like. It's fucked up from the jump. I'm sorry. Right, but that's but that's what I'm getting to. So it's like it was based in the fact, like even with rings, it's the p- reason why so much money was put into the ring was because like if something happened to your husband because you weren't supposed to be working, you had like backup. Your or, property. Exactly. It's a. It's no, a, well, no, you're not property. Women are property. Exactly. Because men don't belong to nobody but themselves. Exactly. So let two niggas get divorced, and they get. Keep going. <laughs> I feel like if people get married, and everybody should just go their separate ways. Exactly. My thing is this. I personally, I don't believe in prenups though also because that to me is a thing of, I, that naturally makes no sense to me. Like, just in case we don't spend forever. I feel like it just puts a bad, um, not omen, but it just puts like bad energy into the union. Mm-hmm. And I think it, over time potentially can make it easier to like not necessarily want to work some shit out. Now don't get me wrong, I am not for toxic situations at all. But I do truly believe in that till death do us part. Mm-hmm. So if I know that and also I'm not no bum like I've never been a bum. So I'm like if I'm coming into this situation with something, I'm not marrying, you know, my backup dancer like J Lo or so, you know, so I'm just like I'm marrying someone that is you know on my level at the same time as well uh, not necessarily from the money perspective but here's the thing like Whitley Gilbert said it's not me trying to marry a dude that got dough right it's truly based on the thing of I want to marry an ambitious man mm-hmm. I can make anybody a king exactly 
I didn't say I need to marry a rich one. I need to marry an ambitious one. Because I will never forget when Dwayne was like, oh, okay. So what type of dude do you want? She was like, he needs to be enterprising, charming, ambitious. He was like, oh, so you wouldn't care if he wasn't rich. And she's like, that type of man is never poor. So, again, I want an ambitious man. Because he's going to make it happen regardless. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, is like the difference of like, I'm always, I already know, like, yes, I'm going to marry somebody on my level. Like, when I say match my fly, I'm not even talking about the bank account yeah. or shit. And I think that means you have to know your fly. And, the, and your fly has to be your fly when it's unattached to anybody else's mm -hmm. perception of your fly. So my thing is for Kendu to be sitting here talking about some... Who? Her, uh, Mary J. Blige. He has a name, Lord. Go ahead and give this man a name. Kendu, was it? Well, we're done. Um, so Ken this don't? this is wrapping up. Ken so couldn't? according to IG, can't shoulda coulda woulda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time Jasmine ever I can hear her laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you fucked with my faith, bro. I have no, you, you you fucked up with me, and I give I forgive everybody. God is all up in my heart. But, um, uh, that should be like Ken who? I li and I literally went. Can do Isaacs, right? Like I'm in journalism mode. You sit there looking at me like, no, girl, I don't know her. Like never, <laughs> never. I don't. Mm, wait, how do you pronounce? Is that with a C, a K? What do you? Does she the... work at a falafel station? Ah, <laughs> she I'm needs sure. to now. I mean, she better get a job. She better get a job. Target's <laughs> hiring. What did he say? I need a hundred G's a month. Target's hiring. Start there. <laughs> you better be dancing on that McDonald's. I've seen his body. He ain't dancing with nobody. Uh, no, I'm talking about dancing on the uh, counter like she was. Oh, them, yeah. Them chicken wraps. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> like, you know, go get you one of them big-ass spin signs. Because Chicago is littered with opportunities okay. for bum-ass niggas like you. You, can... <laughs> you know, let me be nice to this man. Cause I'm sure you have some trauma that you have not dealt with in your past. I'm That's sure between him, his mama, and God. But you came for the woman who literally sang me into my adulthood. You bitch-ass <laughs> nigga. I can't. That and, wraps. Um, yeah, bye. That wraps up. Don't let me get a podcast. No, you would I'm be just hilarious. Dragging people from the jump. No, um, <laughs> that wraps up. So according to IG, I am now as he waves. I am now. You can't see me. <laughs> Well, 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 look who decided to finally bring herself to Chicago. Summer is here, guys. Mother Nature finally decided to let all of us see sunlight, and I am here for it. So best believe I'm going to be at somebody's kickback all June, July, August, and possibly a little bit of September. You know that first month always be popping with some Cavassier VSOP, the only drink that is worth drinking for summertime to get it in. I hope you're doing the same, and let's get it back with Joy Has Questions. I am now moving into, we are moving in. We, yes. To, so, I have a question, which is my favorite, favorite part. I am having the most amazing time interviewing, or like, being on the show today with you. So now, we are going to be all up in your business, but in a polite. I'm not interesting. <laughs> Says the most interesting ones. So, oh I just, let me preface this by saying, um... Boy, where did, like, seriously, where did you learn to sing down like that? Because when I went to Trap House Chicago, and they were like, yeah, our feature artist, it's Apollo Mighty. And I was like, oh, that's cute. That's nice. They got somebody, you know, going to give it a nice little 16 count. And then you started singing. I'm like, wait a second. This nigga already got a following. Like, people here, like, no lyrics. Like, I was sitting there trying to go, like, what? Is that two L's? Like, A-P-P? Mm. You know, people got spell shit, like, special nowadays. 
But no, where seriously, where did you learn to sing like that? Um, Outside of Christ and God. Yeah, that's it. I, was <laughs> okay. gonna, I mean, I was just going to give all the glory and honor. I knew it. But, <laughs> but no, like, um, I'm a 90s baby. April 15th, 1990. Hey! Look how, look, look how smooth my voice got when I started talking about myself. You see that? <laughs> I lick my lips for y'all. Um, I'm yeah, you know, done. I started, no. Um, I, I don't know. Literally, I used to, like, suck at singing. I watched Sister Act. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. And, like, it was, I just started, I was, I would literally, I took that song and made my own lyrics to it, and it was just. The beginning. The beginning, yeah. Um, and I went to New Olivet Baptist Church in Memphis. Oh, Southern Church. Oh, yeah. Not nothing to play with. And you know what? I used to hate going to church. I really did I, because I was really uncomfortable like being around other people and like me and my brother were kind of sheltered so we didn't like really interact well with other kids and stuff mm-hmm. but when those women and it was women it was maybe a couple of guys but women used to get up on that stage and I could just feel something it was just this different realm I mean like it just swept over me Mm-hmm. And I just all I've ever wanted to do was be able to embody that and deliver that when I performed. So I used to just you know just try to do that. Uh-huh. I mean Whitney, um, Boyz II Men, Music Soul Child, Brian McKnight, India Ari, H O W C. I don't even. You know it's just millionaire. It just I don't know I don't know it it I started singing because like. I was, it just started coming out of me. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the lineage of people who had sang in my family before me, uh-huh. but I knew that I had to sing. And it wasn't until I was about 18 where, like, I remember praying the prayer before I went off to college. I was like, God, I want to be a singer. And this is what I want to do. I'm going to go to school, God. Did that go Chicago wind? Hey, you this, just, I- yeah. Mother Nature makes me want to fight her like Cardi B wanted to put hands <laughs> on Nikki. Like, that's truly, that wind is disrespectful. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you know that would be like Cardi trying to fight Evander Holyfield. You can get out there if you want to because Mother Nature ain't no bitch. I know, but, like, it makes no sense that I get physically upset. But this is not about Mother Nature and her weak-ass frontal, so you can keep it on going. <laughs> Um, yeah. what were you saying about your journey? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I love, I love singing. Lo- singing is like a, it's, it's a joy for me. So okay, so that's the thing. Like, like I said, the first time we saw you, like you hit it with a little, a little wink, a little, uh, what was it? Um, deep V neck. <laughs> Had your, had your little, like, chesticles out. And I was like, okay, he know what he doing. These girls oh, out Lord. here throwing bananas. Oh, but outside of, you know, Basically looking like Eddie Kane's nephew coming out like, is anyone in the house tonight? <laughs> like, you better bring it down. Um, now living in Chicago, Sorry. being from Tennessee, you know, Memphis, you, Tennessee. I know, Orange yes, Mile nine oh one. But I have Shelby to know Drive, where y'all at? Yeah. Okay, uh, well, you gave me all. You better give me the, all Look, this history. That's home, baby. That's home. But no, so how would you say that this city is influencing your musical style? Or like, what inspiration have you taken from your hometown and fused with where you currently are, if any? Like, how, how has it been, you know, helping you? Um, Musically? Mm-hmm. It's just, 
they're pretty like they're pretty interchangeable up here. Like I feel like Memphis is like the birthplace. It's the South. You know, you gotta you gotta sing. You gotta yeah. like it's just grit and it's soul and it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the thing. If anything, Memphis um, um, is imprinted on my being as an artist. But like musically, everything influences me. Chicago influences me because the community here has been so embracing to me, which is which was weird at first, because like um, real quick story, the way I even came um, into contact with Trap House is that I met um, Reseda and Roe in the back of a lift, and they were telling me about um, a. Uh, open mic that they were doing every third Friday or whatever. And like, and Reseda was like literally like coming for my entire neck in the back of this car. And we didn't even know me, but she's like, yeah, just come with that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. And at the time I was still like trying to, I was putting out my own music and I was putting on my own shows and I invited them to come, not really expecting them to come. Mm-hmm. So that's why I asked them to like perform. Cause you know, if you tell somebody they can perform at your shit, they'll probably come to your shit. Right. And they came and they stayed and we talked and they liked me, and I liked them. And I love the black community of artists that are in this city. Yeah. Because that's the kind of thing, that's, that's been consistent across the board. It's like a collective. It really is. And you don't, I think people in Chicago don't understand how important that is or how blessed they are with that. Because I meet artists all the time, and they all know each other, and they always support each other. You go to other cities, and it does feel like a crab in a barrel um, yeah, kind of thing. And Chicago doesn't give me that. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I even when I interviewed Sean, I was, I was like, man, I, I don't remember how we met. Right. <laughs> like, I know I know you from man, somewhere. But I I'm love like, that, man. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and then coming to try and like getting out there, that's how I met Casera. I was like, oh, okay. <gasps> and, Is it Casera? Yes, yes, yes. So I she. I love you. <laughs> she was on like two episodes ago. And I was just I like, know. I was with her right before she came up here. Really? Yes. Oh, you could have came. Like, I didn't know that. I had to go that. to work, girl. I had to go make some motherfucking money. No, you fine. You fine. I'm putting out music. Make sure y'all listen to my new single, Solid Gold. It's coming. Yay. Oh, we going to get to that. We are definitely going to I get know. to that. Um, so okay. when it comes to, you know, me listening to your music, which I definitely have. I was like moving around. Love that song. There was a really deep line. You were like, everything I love, I lose. This time it just happened to be you. Like, oh, no. I listen. I'm not the girl that's going to be like, so I see you like the color black. Like, what does that stem from? No, I listen. So that, and then you also have Forbidden Fruit, which I, which was a banger. And then I've gotten more so into like just trying to find you on SoundCloud and, and different people that you might have collaborated with. Right. So your music is definitely something that I feel like is more introspective and emotive like mm-hmm. what made you want to go in that direction instead of being like more sexualized because when i think about a lot of like r&b artists it's like let me you know croon about 50 different ways to to jizz on your chest or let me you know just you know just sit here and be like i got bitches like i'm just like oh i can't so what made you want to go in the direction you did um I just literally just thought about so many people whose music sounds just like that. Um, I'm not trying to like, you know, like not sing that kind of stuff, whatever. That's like what I'm singing just comes, this is just naturally me. Uh-huh. And if you think about the like the foundation of R&B, it was a, it's soul and blues, which is people, men, women talking about their experiences mm-hmm. and what's hurting them. 
And you know they have good days. Like Nina Simone was like a prime example of it for me. She she could talk about what's hurting for what. Yes, she can talk about the beauty of life, mm -hmm. and the tragedy of life, and how she walks the balance of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally go through shit. I'm an emotional person. I sing about what happens to me. I sing about how I feel. I, I like to use metaphors and all those things. A lot of times, it's just I feel like the the songs are gifted to me, and I just my duty is just to perform them and sing them the best that I can. But I. I mean, I'm just, I'm not like, I do like sex, but I'm not sexualized 24 hours of the fucking day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just think, and I mean, and I'm not trying to get people to like me, if that makes, and I hope that, and I hope if anybody hears that, they don't take it the wrong way, but I really don't care if people are like, oh, this is a banger or not. Mm -hmm. When I recorded Forbidden Fruit, that was on my spirit. It was in my heart. I had the beat. I had the studio money, and I did it. Right. And I will always do that when I have it because that's who I'm supposed to be. I'm at a point right now, and this is like maybe getting off subject, huh. but I'm at a point right now where like I am desperately, I desperately have to be who I am. I cannot. There's no room for me to take on anybody else's personality mm -hmm. or a perception of who I am. I have to be me right now. I've spent so much time trying to be what other people wanted me to be. Woo! Or being what Testify. I thought that I had to be, and I'm just not going back to that shit. Yeah. So listen to it, love, love it, bop to it. I mean, I'll listen to this shit in my house if I have to, by my mm -hmm. damn self, and play and get all the plays up. But I, I mean, I'm happy with what I'm singing about. That's why, I'm, that's why I sing about my emotions. Because mm -hmm. it helps me to process them. It helps me to get to know myself. That's it's a, part it's of a, your self-care. It's a part of my... Girl, took the words out of my mouth. That's who I, this is who I am. When you listen to my music, that's who I am. One of my friends, Momo, she's a bomb ass creative. Mm -hmm. um, she came out with the the video game Hair Nah, and me and her when we were talking, I was like, "Girl, you are out here. I'm like doing so well." And I was like, "I'm just trying." And she she looked at me and she was like, "There's no trying if you're doing it." And I was like, "Huh?" Right. And that is something that really has like stuck with me ever since like she said that. Like it ain't no that trying. Be a t shirt right there. Right. If you're doing it, like because you're still taking a step out into your art and into your own self-fulfillment and into your own destiny. Yeah. So, personally, like, as a young black man, it's not popularized to dig deeper into your emotions outside mm -hmm. of, like, oh, my God, he's so fine. He's talking about, like, fucking all the time. You know, like, just the, the surface-level right. thing. So, um, do you think your music seeks to combat that stereotype in terms of like the spectrum of what black men can sing about? Do you think it's fair to like even call yourself a representative for like black men who are trying to get in touch with their emotions? Um, I think like like not. Um, I'm trying to look. At, I'm trying to remember the word. Like I'm not doing that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like I don't write songs being like oh well I'm gonna like combat the stereotype like no we need to start talking about our emotions mm -hmm. but i'm a person who understands that i i have emotions and i i'm also a person who understands that i'm not defined by my emotions mm -hmm. and because of that i'm a lot more at ease than i say a lot of other people are with discussing them and letting them be transparent uh -huh. like my name is apollo mighty because apollo is like a nickname whatever and mighty is like how i feel when i sing and it gives me, like, a strength. It means strength. It means power. And my power comes from my ability to be vulnerable. Right. My vulnerability is my ability. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And so with 
being a black man, I just I just see what happens to us when we don't acknowledge how we feel. Right. I've seen what happens to me. Let me just speak on myself then, so nobody thinks I'm talking about them. I see that when I don't talk about and look at what's going on with me, I become combative. I become depressed. I become over-sexualized because that's a way of escaping. I'll drink myself into a fucking oblivion. I'll stop going to work. I'm harsh. I'm not spiritual. I'm negative. I'm vain. I'm narcissistic. And it... But at my root, I'm love, and I know that I'm love. So I have to get through all those things that's going on with me to get back to that. Yeah. And uh, you just hit it on the head, right? So I have a theory. Mm. And this totally, like, this is your interview. I'm not trying to take away from that at all. It's our conversation, not an interview. Thank you. Okay, so thank you. But in terms of looking at, you're just sitting back. And I was thinking about this, and I've been trying to do more research on it, too. So I mm. this started, actually, from watching Django Unchained. I kid you not. Mm. So I didn't realize that Mandingo Warrior or something was, like, a term that had, like, stemmed from slavery times. I did not realize that that was a common practice. And it made me do more research on it. But slaveholders would get their, the bucks, or, like, black men super, super drunk. And watch them, like, just fight to the death for fun, mm -hmm. you know? And they would get, like, their strong... Or, like, sometimes it would, it would be, like, cockfighting. Like, just with, like, they their friends would get from their plantation would bring their, like, strongest mm -hmm. workers or whatever, mm -hmm. and then they would fight each other. But also when I think about, like, just the history of how black men have always been treated, it is, you know, in this very overtly sexual way. So it's like there's so little power that black men can control, right? But the one thing that black men know that they, it's almost like to an extent of like this inherent, you know, entitlement that I know like we are good at pleasing women, right? Mm -hmm. And so then it creates a thing of like, that's what your ego, it's that protective shell because it's like, I can't control my financial situation. I can't control my emotions. Right. I can't control, you know, the vulnerability or that's not something that I'm even taught to comprehend or understand, right. let alone pro like, tell other people it's about. It becomes a part of your identity. Right. So then it's just like, but I know I got several bitches that think I'm the shit and want to fuck. Or I know I got a girlfriend and a side bitch. Or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever those situations are. And I I directly think it's tied back. To slavery. To slavery. And yeah. how, like, that just carries on in a sense of, even like white women, like, oh, but have you had a black man oh, before? Oh, yeah. And we're, and, and you know what? It's only, mm, uh, look, or the myth, like don't you? I, is it true? The myth. I am so like I am so tired of those things, mm -hmm. and the thing, and, and I'm just gonna speak from somebody who that, that kind of shit gets said to me all the fucking time. And I am not your, I'm not you, I'm not anybody's any fucking thing, right? Okay, I'm not your artist, I'm not your anything, I'm not your fantasy, or whatever. You can fantasize about whatever whatever it is you do. I mean, that's great. Get your nut. But do not come and disrespect me knowing or, or thinking that you, like, have have a a window into me because you, you think that I'm attractive. Like, being attractive, just like with women, especially black women, being attractive 
and you liking me and you acknowledge the fact that you like me does not give you the power over me. Right. Does not like you telling me that you think I'm attractive does not make my whole goddamn week. Are these bills attractive though? I mean, then you need to, like because you know my you know what my attractive guy my attractive ass got to do up in, in the morning? Right. Go to work. Go to work. And even if I didn't, even if I was getting my bills paid off of being attractive, like as a as an actor or not an actor, as a model or something like mm-hmm. that, all that other bullshit that goes on top of it. Party promotion, auto attractive dudes. I just like, and the thing is, is that the the more of us who have voices who allow our voices to be muted because we like that attention mm-hmm. and we like that validation, the worse it becomes for the rest of our community. Like if you if you're allowing yourself to be subjectified, and don't get me wrong, I do like being complimented. Yeah, I'm an Aries. I love a good. I like you know, being a like, girl, and I know I'm, you know I know who the fuck I am. Like you know I got it from my mom and my daddy. <laughs> like I got that southern charm. Don't it. let it. I know I got it. Don't let this Memphis fuck your life up, baby. Been like this. It ain't never it ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know it's a it's a thing over here. <laughs> Okay. Like I can turn it on. I can do it if I need to. <laughs> like, you better stay safe. But I'm trying to tell you. That's not all of me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not, and the people who I admire, that's not all of them. I think also you hit it on the head too, and that's something that as women, the second something is done to us, right? We are. Don't you dare hypersexualize me and do that. But it's like I see women a lot of times too cross boundaries that like with men, you know, or, mm. or they do it to us. Two wrongs do not make a right. If you truly right. want change, like if we truly are sitting here talking about how we want things to be different, we want to be respected, we want to be treated with respect, it comes down to the fact that like then we can't be out here treating niggas like walking dildos. Like that's that's not cool. Cause some niggas want to be treated like walking dildos. I mean, some do. And yes. that's where I'm so, like. I don't get mad at the woman or the person who comes up to me and tries to over-sexualize me. I get, I check myself on how I interpret it because mm-hmm. they're going to do what they're going to do regardless. And that's not, and, and their recovery and their way of thinking is not my battle. But I'll be damned if I'm just going to like get my whole value from somebody's compliment. And that's the difference you know what I'm because I'm very big on like women being okay with our, you know, taking control of our sexual autonomy. Like yes. there is nothing wrong with women wanting sex just as much as, as men want it, right? Mm-hmm. My whole thing is as long as you are handling yourself with respect and dignity for each other in that situation, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. I have the problem when it's just a matter of like with guys, your self worth is tied into leaving open heartstrings all over the fucking hemisphere just so that you can feel, mm-hmm. you know, better. And I don't like it when women also then turn around and when they're like, I'm a savage. I, I ain't never been a savage. It's a rude term. I don't like it other than Rihanna's lingerie. So damaging. So, so damaging to, like, our humanity and our communities. Like, not even, like, the black community or the white community. Like, it's just, like, like, yeah, we all are sexual beings. Most of us are all sexual beings, and, like, sex is how we reproduce, and it's a very important thing. But it's just getting to the point now where, like, you can't even talk to people no more. My God. You I can't was even... talking about that today. I'm like, no one has conversations anymore. No one has, like, interactions. It's just more so, like, what can I get from you out of this situation? And it's it's always it's always gonna lead to something, it, right? It's always and it's never and it's never oh let's lead to like 
us becoming more spiritually aware of what's going on in the world or each other. It's always just about how can you make me feel good? Do we look cute in this filter? Like, oh, we would be a real popping couple. Yeah, you know what? You you look so good. And so do I. So, so we should do and, this. And you know what? But your attitude sucks. Your self-care sucks. Your breath sucks. I'm done. Your toes ain't done. Your edges ain't together. Okay, so hold on now. I feel away because Look, my favorite pedicure style is not in, so I have to go. I'm taking these. Listen, stuff. let me tell you something. <laughs> there is There are toenail clippers at every Walgreens, and there's a Walgreens on every street corner. In America? In America. <laughs> I, think that's their, I think that's their business model, as a matter of fact. And if and if I'm, and if not, there's I know there's a goddamn bodega somewhere near you. Not the corner, like there's a corner store and you need to find it. I'm just saying, like every like these people who are out here and and I know and I have a lot of friends. Well, not friends. Let me not call y'all my friends. I know a lot of people who their sexuality is their identity. If they're not talking about fucking somebody or doing some random wild crazy shit, they don't have nothing to talk about. And if you check them on that shit. Then you, they think you're being approved. Like somebody asked me one time, they were like, "Are you approved?" And I was like, "Bruh, are you dumb? You have like you know, it's like you don't know me like that, and you don't get to know me like that. But if you really knew what the fuck goes on in my head and the shit that, well, anyway, <laughs> you, you wouldn't even, you would never consider that. But because I don't like just throw my, you know, Into myself people. out there exactly. like that, like, and I don't have to. I mean, like, you can listen to Dunny Hathaway sing, right? What a beautiful voice." What an amazing artist. Did you want to go see Dunny Hathaway butt-ass naked somewhere? No. No. I think his wife probably did, and that's what the way it's supposed to fucking be. Right. I went to hear this Christmas. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, it, it is what it is with me. I mean, when I show up somewhere, I look my best, but I'm not trying to, like, make nobody want to drop their drawers and, and do all the crazy shit. Your like, focus is I want people to feel something. My focus is on me feeling something. No, okay. Um, so, okay, that being said, with you are, you are a super attractive young black man, clearly in current status. There's a ton of black dudes who are in the industry, actors, sports industry, uh-huh. who, hold on, let me, <laughs> he was like, mm. But no, who is just like, I, I find like the critic, they, they're getting the Michael B. Jordan criticisms. The whole thing of like, you don't love black women. We never see you with black women. You know, is that something that when it comes to you looking at like situations of that, like you might feel pressure to think like, how much more of my personal life do I want to reveal? Like, yes, there's a fine line between being like mm. authentic and being truthful and mm. connecting with your own first off, with yourself mm. through your music, but then also you do want your audience to to feel empowered and have a relationship right. with you as well. I do. But when you look at situations like that, this is just like, okay, do I want them fully in my business? I don't want them feeling like I'm, you know, only loving my mama or my, you know, my cousins. I'm the only black woman in my life, mm. like. Or is it just a matter of like, it's my goddamn life. If I want to be out here tossing Becky's in the air at one given point in time, that's what I'm going to do. (laughs) Not in um, the world of pure imagination. I'm just saying. No, I was like, I was going to say something that was just so like, yeah, but I'm going to say this. My life is my life. I don't mind sharing it with people. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't really have anything that I feel like. First off, it's, it's interesting because... Everybody always like assumes that I'm 
I don't know. It's really it's really weird to hear people's perception of me or whatever. But um, no, like black women are life. Like they are the mothers of culture and what? intelligence and wisdom and poise and joy and I don't. I mean, I can't talk about nobody else's dating thing because maybe dudes. I mean, if you, you I, we live in America, you have a right to date whoever you want to date. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, personally for me, I always find the joy and the beauty in my own community because that's where that's where I'm from. Gotcha. And, you know, that's that's my roots. My roots are rooted in strong, powerful Black women. That's just that on that. Okay. Um, I ain't tossing, but I mean, you know, I ain't tossing Becky's around nowhere as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> And let me just be real. This was not, like I had put in the notes, this was not a trick question to be like, is he out here? Can we claim him, y'all? Should we support It truly was not one of those because, like, my whole family looked like the United Nations. Mm -hmm. Like, it is not just super, you know, Wakanda. So that's why it wasn't me saying, like, oh, I have a problem with interracial relationships. Not at all. Right. But what I find is more so when it is black men at times um, connected to white women, it's more so of a self-worth or like I can attain a anything. prestige kind of right. thing. Right, I'm not black, I'm Kanye. You know, I I have risen above the black stereotype. Okay, okay. but um, then you still need us. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jesus would have to slap me in the face with a Yeezy slide before I bought one. He would have to be like, your heaven invitation is on the line, Joy, if you don't and get just, these And I would shoes. just be like, I mean, are there beaches in hell? <laughs> right. Like, like do they mix a good margarita? Cause let me like, just... okay, when we say hot, how hot? Are how we hot? talking about like... And when we say forever, what's forever? Like, do I get reprieve? Can like, I get one rib? Say, do I get a week in purgatory? Do they have ribs in hell? Because let me tell you something. <laughs> okay. I've, had a, I've had a lot of traumatic experiences in my life, but I've gotten some really good food out of it. <laughs> I got some exes that I'll never see again, but if I could like see these motherfuckers again and let them make me a bowl of spaghetti, my God. <laughs> I'd be like... Hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Not the testimony. Like that bitch just knew what to do with oregano. <laughs> I can't. I'm done. Those so of no. you who have your Bibles, turn to first. I'm just joking. Right. Let the congregation say Parmesan cheese. Uh, Thank ooh. you. <laughs> Romano. <laughs> I'm done. Black pepper and salt. You know, I'm you done. can do a lot with just black pepper. Um, but let me like, in terms of wrapping this up. So it definitely seems, and when I say fast track, the gods fast track. You know what? <laughs> like, not humans fast track, not I'm going to look up tomorrow and see you doing a jig on Empire, but what I'm saying is you are on God's fast track, so. That's the only fast track I care about. Okay, so what would you like for others to know when it comes to, like, your journey and, like, the sacrifice that it takes for you to be in the position you're in in terms of, like, wanting better for yourself and really wanting to see your dreams come true? That I'm not special. That, like... I have something that means a lot to me, and I treat it like it means a lot to me. And if you have something in your life that means a lot to you, I guarantee if you treat it like it means a lot to you, it'll grow and flourish just like anything else. Mm. I'm really in tune with who I am. I haven't always been. I have all of the problems that anybody else in the world have, and I embrace them, and I love those things about myself now. Because why not? I'm just I'm I'm at a point where, like I said earlier, I have to be unapologetically me, and I'm so happy now. Mm. Like I love myself. I spend time with myself. I'm gonna go back to my apartment and just sit there. I might play music. I might just sit there and listen to my own goddamn thoughts, and I'm not scared of me 
anymore. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite writers was giving a lecture, and they were talking about the journey within, and we like they said imagine it as like a big jungle and like you hear all these roars and all these big you see these shadows and these big monsters and mm-hmm. you're afraid of everything but if you shine the light on those things they're just little pieces of you that have been neglected so when I have these issues and stuff and I'm feeling lonely and stuff like that I allow myself to feel it I go to it and I just nurture it if, if I want anybody to know anything it's just like th- there's so much power in knowing who you are and taking care of yourself and loving yourself because I love other people now with the same intensity that I can like I give them to myself and mm-hmm. I think that's what I think that's what we all really want like learning how to love myself unconditionally has changed my life that's true that's yeah. a beautiful thing to say and something that is I wish like there were so many other black kings that like would have that openness you know to 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 talk about those those aspects of their, you know, their selves yeah. and their lives. Because it's like there is so much strength and power and vulnerability and just being comfortable in who you are. And that's definitely my brother is shining through. So yeah. um, I definitely expect, like, an invite to the EP party. I need a sufficient two-week notice so I can make sure my hair is laid and my outfit is together. But I was like, I definitely want my invite. Um, Jasmine, go ahead and get in where you fit in. <laughs> Jess will be there with her headphones on. With her headphones on. (laughs) Exactly. Like checking motherfuckers at the door. Her hair will be laid as well. Don't let this don't let this um cute production girl look like. You see this house. (laughs) All right. I was like, nah, she got real furniture, schematics and shit. It's put together. I'm not (laughs) exactly walking that bathroom. Shit clean. Right. So, um, no, but all jokes aside, it has been such a pleasure. Speaking amazing. with you, I have had an amazing show. Thank you so much for having me. Like I'm so so honored. Oh, thank I really you. Am. No, seriously, you you definitely have all. What I find is, and very super rare, you have a good spirit and a good heart, and that is very thank apparent you. and shines through in your subject matter. And I am happy to say that I have someone else to add on my Spotify playlist who is not talking about braid my hair, smoke some weed with me, let me kick you out and find your own way, bitch, back to an Uber. So right. I am excited to hear what you are dropping and definitely you have a newfound supporter. Thank you so much. So much. It means so much to me. You're welcome. So moving right along into the motivational section, you know, my motivational message, I'm going to just tell a really quick story and what my lessons I have learned. Last week, I wanted to block two people that um, had been in my life, you know, and it, it was more so they were in my life in a professional space. Mm. But you know what it is when it's only like five black people that you work with, everyone can get cool. So long story short, a situation happened that just made me, you know, feel kind of like vulnerable. And I didn't like the feelings of like when I would see them on my social media or it's like they're looking at stories and they're doing them just like, well, what are they looking for? And I'm like, I'm just going to block them. And immediately, immediately, my um, really good girlfriend, who definitely is like a big sis to me, as well as Jasmine, who is also big sis slash older cousin, only about two and a half weeks. She ain't that older. <laughs> but um, they definitely, definitely put me in my place and really had me sitting back and realizing that the issue wasn't with the people who were looking at my social media. The issue was with me. And the fact that I have not let the situation go. 
And the thing is, what I find when you are truly walking in your own purpose and walking in your own bag, forgiveness becomes something that is crucial and necessary to your own success. Because the thing is, your success means nothing without your peace of mind. And to allow anyone to put energy into or to allow you to put energy into focusing on trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing is taking away from the energy that you need to be putting into yourself, perfecting your craft, and truly focusing on the blessings that God has given me. And so I definitely took them off the block. Because also another thing, no weapon is going to form that is foreign shall definitely do anything to me. We all know that. I personally, that's one of my favorite scriptures. But if I'm truly walking in that, there's not nothing that Naram, one of those people, can say that is going to stop my bag that God has planned for me. Because the thing is, I have seen the success that is steadily building. And the fact that with me being consistent and following through and doing what I'm saying I'm going to do, I've seen the blessings. This has been the best year of my life, even though it has simultaneously been the worst year of my life. Like, this was the year that I had to deal with, you know, Losing my dad, you know, and just really going through that. And with the one-year anniversary, by the time I do this show again next week, it will have officially been one year that I have had to navigate and pick myself up and keep it together and, you know, just keep pressing ahead and moving forward. So the thing is, I don't have the time nor the headspace to be concerned with other people and whatever it is that draws them to me or to my page. At the end of the day, it's all social media. It's all smoke and mirrors anyway. And at this, I do try and be very transparent. So what I had to think about was me blocking that situation. What well, it didn't, it, it was so much more effort than just leaving it open for people to see just whatever they want. And so I personally um, hope that everyone has an amazing week. There's nothing wrong with a block button, but also at the same time, it's just a matter of there's bigger things. There's bigger fish to fry. There's bigger, you know, (laughs) things to accomplish. I don't give a fuck who looking at my page because it's not it's not stopping anything that I'm doing. And at the end of the day, I'm so happy and I'm so blessed. So thank you for all of the support um and if you yourself find yourself like always just like blocking like let me just detach like nah let them see you thriving because there's nothing that they can do to stop your shine anyway i hope everyone has an amazing week even them i hope they have an amazing week as well even though i never want to speak to them again (laughs) um now next since i am moving into the what's your got going on 9 16 2018 i am having my first live show i am super happy that my girl tiffany invited me to do this um with her this is her event she created the space brunch as an inclusive opportunity for us to just get together as black people and have fun playing cards. There will be a beginner's table so y'all can understand the importance in our community of what reneging will do. It will literally 
scar you for life in a black family and no one will ever let you touch that table again. Trust me, I know. I definitely was someone who reneged and my family still will not let it go. Um, so yes, it is going to be at Cafe Social, etc. That is, I believe, 3428 South King Drive. Um, it is from 1 to 5 p.m. I'm interviewing the amazing, amazing, beautiful um, Brittany Applegate, who is the founder of wow. Brand Chicago. That's One dope. of my homegirls. Love her to life. So God is good, man. When clearly, me minding my business, shit is still moving. Shit is still happening and going well. So I really thank everyone who made this a sold out event. Like I said again, this is Tiffany's bomb ass event. I'm just blessed and happy that she has me there. And y'all will be hearing me interview her as well. So that being said, I cannot wait for this. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Can't wait to see everyone's amazing faces there. And that is it. With this week's Joy Has Questions. Bye!